Hello, and welcome to the Bang Bang Headbang Gang. I mean, the Hashtag weekly recap. Headband gang. <laughs> uh, so we are all wearing headbands right now. Uh, let's uh, let's go around the room and introduce everybody. I'm Nick. Nobody else. All right, that's cool. <laughs> I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Jake. And uh, you got Austin back finally. Yes. Austin, yes. welcome back. For anyone who remembers the voice, we're so excited here. that you're here. We're so excited. Welcome back. (laughs) I love that you guys are just all talking over each other. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) So great audio content, right? It really is. It really is. We're going to put this on YouTube. No, we're not. That's how (laughs) we're not. That's how I make my best jokes is by just talking over people. (laughs) No one gives a shit. Anyway. um, So yeah, we're all, uh, we're all FaceTiming and Austin has returned uh, from the dead, he got bored enough in quarantine that he decided to come back on our podcast, That's and we're very grateful. Drinking again, he did amazing. Uh, so yeah, let's let's go around the room. What's everyone drinking right now? Let's start with uh, Nick. Nick, what are you drinking? So I have the uh, Grist House and Barreled Souls collab called Broken Souls. It's an imperial stout, eleven point eight percent. Aged in bourbon You're barrels. That whole can? Oh hell yeah, fuck yeah! It's it, this is my Saturday. Okay, so I'm off Saturday, and, or I'm, off, I'm sorry, I'm off Sunday and Monday right now. So this is my Saturday night. If we're uh, if we're keeping score at home, the uh, <clears throat> this is a barrel aged imperial stout conditioned on coconut and marshmallow, and it's fucking delicious. Is it? It's really is it, good. Is it sweet? Is it overly sweet? It's not because the barrel really cuts through, I think. Okay. Like So can we can we ask somebody how you condition over marshmallows? I feel like they would just disintegrate very quickly. Is it some is it like marshmallow fluff that they put in there or how does that work exactly? I would assume that's how it's done. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. that's I that's the that's only pro- thing I, I think can you're think probably of. Right. I don't think that they're throwing actual bags of uh What's the main brand of marshmallow? There's like only one brand, I feel like. Stay puffed. Stay puffed? Yeah, no, that's actually um, Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, no, I feel like no one is going to get that reference. Are I'm you fucking kidding me? They, they, fought a giant, they fought a giant stay puffed marshmallow man at the end of the movie. Mm, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Okay. All right, that's fair. I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Alex, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a Wani IPA from Oscar Blues. So uh, my roommate, Kate, got a mixed 15-pack of a bunch of Oscar Blues uh, beers, which I believe they are uh, are still craft. I, I tried to look it up, and nothing told me that they were big beer. So I'm pretty sure they're not they're, So uh, they fall into like, um, you know how Southern tier and victory and, uh, like they're all one brand. Sure. That's kind of how Oscar blues is with cigar city. And, uh, there's a couple mm. other ones that are part of that. Okay. So yeah, they're, they're not big beer, but they are a conglomerate of craft beer, which, uh, I, I, I'm behind for sure because they have great beer and great seltzer. Um, but yeah, this is a 100 calorie uh, hazy India pale ale. Also, I meant to text this to Jake, but I'm just gonna like talk about it on the podcast right now. Um, the other day on the daily, um, 
Michael Barbaro was talking to um, the governor of Michigan, and she was like, yeah, I'm drinking this beer. It's an Indian pale ale. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. motherfuck. <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up as well. So I looked up that beer, and it's not even an, it's not even an IPA. It's an, it's an India pale lager. So she, <laughs> she messed up the name, and then actually she messed it up twice. <laughs> that sounds about it's, right. I'm, try, I'm hip. Governor, I'm with it. <laughs> Fucking governor of Michigan. She, so is, she has she's literally putting her neck on the line for like the people of Michigan, and like they are not happy about it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, this is a 100 calorie IPA. It's not bad. It's okay. I um I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the stuff in this 15 pack. I did get a uh, Beyond Infinity uh, four pack today from Dancing Now, which was delicious. Uh, and I was sitting outside, and I got very sunburnt today, but it's okay, because uh, it was a, a beautiful day, and uh, and we're just pure vibing, you know? Yep. Jake, what do you got in your glass? I am drinking, so I went to a new brewery this weekend, um, a place called Hermitage Brewing Company, which is about 10 minutes from where I live. They... I think they just they either just started or they just got back into selling cans. They're doing it weekly. I think they have an allotment per week. And you call ahead uh, on like Thursday and you can pick it up from any any time between two and six on Friday. So I showed up. Um, I got a couple of options. I got a, a a session IPA called I think it's called Crushable or something like that. And then I got this this Pilsner called People of the Universe, which is unfiltered, but it's yeah, I guess it is technically uh, opaque. You can't really see through it. No, but it's clearer um, than like a hazy IPA. I, I actually enjoy it a lot. Um, um, the Pilsners are perfect for this time of year, getting into like the you know Memorial Day uh, area of of the year, and. Um, it's just really crisp, really clean, very delicious, um, and and I'm pretty excited to have the opportunity to get back into some craft beer. I've been drinking some, I've been drinking a lot of 805 and some of the semi local stuff, but but more uh, you know large scale. All right, Austin, what are you drinking? Well, I'm enjoying a, a simple favorite, uh, the instant classic, the Yingling Lager. Anyway, um, so Austin, what have you been up to in these months since you um, abandoned our podcast? Since I abandoned your podcast? Well, I'll be honest, I don't know when the last time I was on was. It's probably close to a year at this point. But uh, no, I've been, I've been working. I've uh, been living out in Lancaster and working kind of wherever the job takes me. I'm kind of doing some consulting type work. So I've, I've done, uh, some work in South Eastern PA here. I've done some work in, uh, Jersey. I've got some work coming up in New York. So I'm kind of all over the local area, immediate, you know, six hour radius or so. So have you been, uh, frequenting any, uh, craft places out there? Are there a lot of like craft breweries out there and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, so there's still there's still a bunch of craft breweries out in Lancaster. Um, I lately, especially, have not been to 
to many of them. Uh, and then the first handful of months of 2020 here before kind of everything hit, I was, uh, working out in, uh, Jersey pretty much three, four days a week. So I ended up going to one of the breweries up there in Edison, New Jersey, which is where I was working called Cypress Brewing. And, uh, so that, that, that was, that was a good time there, you know, nice little, little, uh, you know, small brewery kind of thing. They got a small tap house you can go into and that's fierce. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed with them, cause I, I actually, I was splitting a couple of the beers that I brought home from, from there. I was sharing with my dad and brother a couple nights ago and they, they do a really good job, which I think a lot of craft breweries these days have, have kind of figured out but they do a really good job of making a seven, eight, 9% beer and keeping it from tasting like an eight or 9% beer. Okay. What, what type are you, are you talking about? Like IPAs? Yeah. So one of them was a double dry hopped Imperial IPA and the other was a standard Imperial IPA. And both of them, it wasn't quite like, like I think if you start comparing places to a dancing gnome, or something like that, you start thinking of um, what they do really well, which is kind of tamping down the alcohol taste by, by pumping up some of the juice flavors, that kind of thing. Right. These beers did not taste like juices. They tasted as much like beer as anything else you, you drink, but it, you were fortunate to read the eight and a half percent or whatever it was on the side of the can before you drank it. And before you drank, you know, four of them thinking that it was two and a half. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard of Cypress Brewing. Um, what, uh, what part of Jersey are, were you in? So it was Edison, Jersey, which is in uh, northern Jersey. If anyone's familiar with uh, the Brunswick's area, you know, east and south. New. What's that? East and new. New, new. <laughs> new. yeah. So, so like Rutgers University, which I think is new brunswick as you were saying jake um we were but the hotel i was staying at was probably 10 15 minutes away from Rutgers university so i mean right right in that area okay so that gives a kind of a general area yeah yeah so uh it's it's one of those that's kind of like tucked in behind an industrial park you almost have to know where you're going before heading there. I feel like that comes up a lot. Like yeah, Alex, Alex and I seem to like talk about this all the time. Yes. It's uh, 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 it, it, it's just these places that have this like large space, like these large warehouses, like it, it, it just tends to attract like, cause, cause the equipment is not small. Right. So, right. you know, like you have to have area to, to like brew this beer. Um, and even like when we were in California, which was actually like a couple of years ago this week, which is insane to me. Um, but these places are like, are so like tucked away, like behind everything. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. It's not really like a tourist destination that you would think of, you know? Yeah. I don't think that you really see these places popping up in like strip malls or like the, I, I mean, 
the equivalent in Pittsburgh, I would say, would be like the South Side, right? You're not going to have like a brewery in South Side, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Even well, not, 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 not some of these craft breweries, at least. Like, you're going to get the fat heads that's able to open up a a, uh, a restaurant. You know, the mm-hmm. places that have already established themselves elsewhere, and definitely. Now opening an, a secondary location that actually you, you get those kinds of businesses but a lot of times like i mean you see it in pittsburgh all over too it's you know you don't have to just pick apart some of these smaller towns in in rural america it, even pittsburgh in some of these other neighborhoods that just you, you know it makes more sense until you make enough of a name for yourself. It makes more sense to just build your tap room straight next to where you're making this stuff, where you're brewing it. And frequently that just ends up being a a lot of these areas that um, don't inherently have a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bringing up fat heads though, brings me to something that I wanted to talk about last week that we didn't really get into. Um, So the uh, Pittsburgh Clothing Company ran a bracket of the best Pittsburgh beers, right? Like or they called it the uh, breweries, right? Yeah, the brewery, breweries. I'm sorry, not beers. Um, the yeast of the east. The, the, I thought it was the beast of the yeast or something like that. East of the no, east? I thought it was the east of the beast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, something to that yeasty effect, East Beast. <laughs> that would have been a better name, I think. Beast. The roast Beast. The Roast Beast. His heart grew three sizes that day, and he turned out to be gay. All right, I'm about to. Like, I'm about to yeast you off of this Zoom call here. Um, no, you so the this, the, this uh, bitch empty yeast. <laughs> I'm about to yeast off the face of this mortal coil. coil. Yes. I'm about to (laughs) yeast myself off this mortal coil. Amazing. (laughs) So anyway, the the final four, the final four included Voodoo, Dancing Gnome, and Hitchhiker, all of which makes sense. And Fatheads was the fourth one. Okay, listen. No one? Okay, yes. It, they are not from Pittsburgh, which uh, I think anyone that would listen to this podcast uh, would know. Uh, they might not, because I, I I, didn't really... I mean, I did know that, but like, it's not like at the forefront. I never like get shit from them anyway. It's not the most obvious thing if you're not someone who's a part of the scene already. I agree. I but, agree. That, and and that, that was the point I was going to make. Like, people... Yeah. You know, I... I the people, the majority of the people that are voting on, or not majority, I don't know. Some of the people that are voting on this, like, aren't 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 these like craft beer heads like we are. Like, people just don't know. So I I, I don't think that you can really like criticize people for being like, oh, this is a Pittsburgh brewery. I mean, they do have good beer. It's just it, it just isn't necessarily a Pittsburgh brewery. My biggest gripe again is that they don't brew on site in Pittsburgh. Like if it was, I understand like satellite breweries or like uh, nomadic breweries and stuff like that, where you can kind of say, Oh yeah, we're from New York, but we brew in, you know, Buffalo. Like we're from New York city, but we brew in Buffalo so we can distribute or distribute 
to, you know, Pittsburgh and, and Ohio and, you know, stuff like that. So I get that, but Fatheads is so close to Pittsburgh. Like their, their original spot is less than two hours away. So even then I can kind of forgive it. So I'm not really like trying to be a stickler for the rules, but they're the whole base. It was the best beer in Pittsburgh or the best brewery in Pittsburgh. And they're not a brewery in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I get that, but it's also, they are a brewery that's in Pittsburgh. Right. Technically. I mean, yeah. it's just depends on how you define it. I can understand why you have, uh, some thoughts on, on choosing breweries that are just from Pittsburgh. I think, I think it should be limited to breweries that originated in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Personally, and- I think that that's what it should have been, but you know, it's just a, it's a competition. It's a way for these breweries to get free advertisement. Like, I, I don't think that anybody's taking it that seriously, but thankfully they didn't win or else you would have had a bigger problem. Right. I, I think, um, uh, shout out to hitchhiker for winning. Uh, they beat really, yeah, they beat dancing them in the final championship. So interesting. I mean, I think that we, we predicted that it would, it would be dancing them, but, not uh, a not a blowout, but I'm I'm not surprised that Hitchhiker won. I think that they they also have a pretty big following. Um, I think that we all agree that Dancing Gnome is the brewery that makes the best beer in Pittsburgh. But as far as like sales go, and as far as creativity, you know, I would say Hitchhiker probably probably has them. Yeah, I think I I think the reason that Hitchhiker gr- draws such a wider crowd is they have such a wide base of beers that they make, right? So they make stuff that nobody else does. And some of it is more approachable, right? Like, uh, the sours, the smoothie sours, the, um, the tea beers and all the weird stuff that they do, like the, the milkshake IPAs, the, the whole punch series, that type of stuff. The I think that a lot of people are recognizing Hitchhiker a little bit more than Dancing Gnome gets to be more of like a one trick pony. And I hate to say it that way because they're obviously not like they do everything really well. But everybody knows Dancing Gnome for their hazy IPAs, their hazy doubles. They're the they're the brewery that gets a lot of notoriety for that style. But Hitchhiker does every fucking thing. And they do it at least well enough to make you want to try the beers. Even if it's not something that you're maybe interested in, it's something that draws you to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a unique, it's definitely unique. Um, again, I think that they just have the creativity. Uh, Hitchhiker, I just think that they, they do very creative things. And I think that they take, they take more risks. That's how I'll say it compared to, to dancing them. I think that they, they kind of step out and they're like, let's just do something crazy. Let's, let's throw cereal in our beer and let's do, not that that's necessarily that crazy, but like they market it in a way that's like, this is something you're not going to find anywhere else. And I, I, I would agree with that. And, and I think that dancing them is, is extremely consistent in the way that they make the beers. The quality is there every single time. I mean, you're, you're going to go there. You're going to find six to eight beers that are 
some of the highest quality that you've had and probably some of the best tasting, but Hitchhiker draws you, like you're saying, draws you in with a mimosa sour or draws you in with a Count Chocula stout and that type of stuff. And I think that people, people will kind of see that and they're like, oh, this is really cool. Like no one is really matching them when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I mean, they, they both make beer that is incredible. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have had uh, any qualms with Dancing Gnome winning. Obviously, I predicted that, but uh, I don't really have a problem with Hitchhiker winning because I like them both. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's the best cool part. That they, is and it's cool that they coexist as well in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to, to your point on Hitchhiker um, drawing you in and maybe being more creative, Hitchhiker, uh, this is maybe going to gonna come off as a knock and I'm not quite intending it that way, but Hitchhiker probably has more misses, like just absolute flat out misses than Dancing Gnome does. But that's because they try to take these chances and, and they try to stretch um, what you think you know about what a standard beer could be. And they stretch your own palate. And so sometimes you're not gonna you're not gonna like it. It's not gonna it's not gonna hit quite right. Yeah, and one of the with the with the general population as well but um but that creativity kind of drives you into another stratosphere if you're doing it right absolutely and one of the beers that always comes to mind whenever we talk about like their eccentricities i guess i don't know like their 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 weirdness is um a beer called next to normal and it's a series that they do and it's a coffee fruit beer and so they use coffee in it and they use like peaches or they did uh i forget was it like lemonade or something like that like it was just really bizarre like mixing of fruits and like this bitter you know coffee base and like you said some of them are misses but it's something that you're like well i've never had that before I, i need to try that just to experience what the hell that is you know so I was, I was just saying they hit enough to maybe not necessarily just inherently trust them that it's going to be good, but, um, but they've had enough hits. They've had enough that blow your socks off where you're not even expecting anything reasonable to, to where you're going to say, yeah, you know what? This might not sound off the bat, like something I'd be into, but I've been surprised before and damn it. Let's let it happen again. Right. They're just, yeah. I mean, they're just very good at um, like sort of piggybacking off of what you're saying. They, again, they make the, because they make quality beer, I don't ever feel uh, hesitant to try anything that they're taking a risk on. Um, There have been some that I'll, I'll stray away from. I'm still not crazy about, uh, maybe some of their IPA selection. I think that Dancing Gnome clearly has the upper hand when it comes to that. But it's just again, it's good to see that they're they're both in the same area, making beer, both very successful. Um, kind of continuing to like push the envelope forward when it comes to newer styles and different types of adjuncts and different recipes and things like that. And and that's really been their calling card and they'll continue to be successful if they, if they sort of stick to that script. 
Yeah, I, I yeah. fully agree there. Uh, agreed. Hey, it, to take two steps back before we move on, uh, the bracket as a whole, I think there is something to be said about w- when we're talking about, you know, fat heads making the final four and other potential surprises like that. I think there's something to be said that brand that could, brand recognition, excuse me, has a, has an impact on kind of what people are voting, but also um, if, if you look at the bracket as a whole, and I kind of, kind of track this, I'd be interested to see how they ranked things to begin with, because there were very few seed upsets across the entire bracket. Right. And so what they did, I did, kind of follow along when they were seeding it. All it was, was they tagged the brewery in a tweet and however many likes that brewery got was their seed for that section. Right. So there were minimal. There's there's an inherent social media bias then that. Yeah. I mean, I think in the end, it, a lot of the little places that are the most successful are also the most successful on social media. Mm. You know, yeah, I, I think that those kind of go hand in hand. Um, I would say, that, and also I'll concede that I'm, you know, reading into stuff that has no business being read into because we're filling gaps with content and trying to do our best to enjoy ourselves throughout it. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to legitimately be critical here, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a personal thing in, the, in the end. Like, I mean, you could do that with pizza places in Pittsburgh. You could do that with right. well, they did shops. actually you could do that with cheesesteaks and shit like that. Like, yeah, and and I'm sure that they did, and I'm sure that if I looked at that one, I would have a lot of problems with them choosing certain pizza places. But there are some standouts that you you know are just standouts. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it's just—it's not a perfect system, and and there's there's so many. You know, it's all good beer. I'm glad that they included the the breweries that they included and gave them a little bit of notoriety. And, 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 I'm, and I'm glad you and I'm stuff. glad you said that, Jake, because that kind of closes out my uh, comment or point there pretty pretty nicely, succinctly. In that, it, it doesn't actually matter what any of these beers are rated or ranked in this bracket they're all they're there for a reason they're all making good beer that's enjoyable and we've all you know either you've been there or you need to to go there and try one of their beers because they're all again they're there for a reason that they're making some good shit you can try yeah yeah and one of the things that that spurs off of that is like especially now with it being so hard to keep your audience engaged, you have to be the best at your social media experience, right? So like the reason I bring this up is there's a brewery in Sarver PA called Cellarworks, and they're getting a lot of notoriety for their sour series, the, the whip series. And it's crazy to me because like, I've heard of them and I, I, I haven't really, I, I haven't really had that much from them, but I've had a couple of beers and they've been good and it's not anything that's out of this world or like I have to drive out to Sarver to get it immediately, but they had a release on Friday 
and they sold out in four minutes. Like it was a, a, an online ordering system. And they're like, yeah, we've never had this kind of response and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they, they sold out of this beer in four minutes. And I didn't even know about it until Saturday, just because like the way that social media posts come up, I never even saw the beer until after it was already sold out, you know, which, which it's a bummer because it sounds to me like it would have been a damn good beer, but it's just now you need that presence and you need to be as sharp as you can while presenting your product. Right. So it's good to see that everybody is supporting these breweries, even if they're ones that you'd never really got to, you know, everybody has nothing but time right now because you're all stuck inside and we're all going stir crazy and we need to get out and drive around. And maybe you're going outside of your comfort zone because you have the time just to, to pick up these beers elsewhere. But it's cool to see that these players that maybe didn't, maybe wouldn't get the notoriety kind of showing up and actually like people going out for it and, and really just jumping on every possible release. I think it's a, it's a big swing in the, in the whole of craft beer. It's not even just Pittsburgh that this is happening in. Like it's, it's across the country. I'm sure because there's no like there's no qualms with going to the tap room because you don't have to drive an hour and a half to get drunk to drive home type of thing you know that's that's really the the benefit to doing these like online orders is you can pick it up at your leisure over the weekend like they're open from 2 to 8 on Saturday and 2 to 8 on Sunday or whatever it is and you can get out there and get this stuff i think that it makes it that much easier and approachable Whereas, you know, even two months ago, three months ago, these guys were not getting that kind of traffic. Agreed. Um, it's, uh, again, as Austin kind of touched on, it's people trying to find content in any way that you can. And especially it being around the time that March Madness was ha- like should have been happening. And, and that's typically why they do things like that. These, these brackets and things like everyone's just trying to get their name out there. And, and uh, I think that it's, it's cool to see the types of followings that um, I, it's pretty much what I expected. I think uh, seeing how many people liked the tweets to see all of those different breweries and things. It's, it's, it's um, I, I guess I would have, I would have probably guessed that I, I think if, if we had to pick a, a, bracket like that and seed 64 was it yeah Mm -hmm. that they did um i think we probably would have picked something similar yeah i can't i can't imagine i would have done it better yeah you'd start you'd start running into issues around like 20 probably but i think those are pretty much it i mean i maybe had some issues with it and we we discussed a little bit about it but um, yeah, shouts to Hitchhiker for, for continuing to make some good beer and yep. uh, no issues with them winning. There's a uh, kind of switching completely from talking about like the brackets and everything. I did want to just pose a question to the group. So one of the things that I've seen recently is a lot of these brewers are kind of building a name for themselves on social media and 
I just wanted to get like like a pulse check on what you guys think of that. Like, do you think that the brewer or the head brewer at these places, not even like the owner, but like the the actual head brewer, should be like the voice of the brand? So my uh, the reason I bring this up is. I listened to the Fueled by Hops podcast with um, Andy from Hitchhiker, right? And I know we've this has been kind of a Hitchhiker-centric episode so far. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the, the dude has a lot to say, and he's very good at getting his ideas out there in a way that makes sense. But I think that he he's also really tough on himself. Like, he's very, like, self-deprecating, very, like... It was like almost hard to listen to because all he was doing was just like kind of beating himself up. And a lot of people like his beer a lot. So I just want to get your I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they necessarily need to be the face of it. It like, it seems like a lot of them are pretty, uh, pretty outspoken, pretty, uh, I don't know, I guess you know, people that you, you could have a conversation with and, and all of them are, are willing to do so. I mean, even if you go to a random brewery and if, if there's a brewer around, they're not in most cases going to shy away from having a conversation about what they're doing. Um, I don't know if they necessarily need, I mean, he's sort of like a, I mean, do you have other examples of, of people who do this? Because he's one of the people that I know you've been retweeting his stuff for a long time you know, following him and stuff. I don't think it, it that's across the board that p- these people become on the level of like the social media of the actual brewery itself. Yeah. So, um, Andrew from dancing gnome runs the dancing gnome Twitter. And I mean, he's gotten some flack for things that he's tweeted about, you know, the baby changing on a bar stool is the first thing that comes to mind. But, um, Adam from four points is another one. He's one of their brewers and he just has a lot of opinions about everything. Uh, (laughs) that's, uh, that's just local. Like, um, I know one of the guys from, I I guess he used to work for Boulevard in St. Louis. Uh, he, he has like a, I want to say he's got like 60 or 80,000 followers on, uh, on Twitter. And, he's constantly in conversation with other brewers on Twitter, which I find interesting personally, but there there's a lot of these personal accounts that aren't necessarily the brewers or that aren't necessarily the, the breweries account. But I think that they, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really have a whole lot of opinions on it, to be honest. I like following these guys because I think they, they have good conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, they give they give you sort of like an in inside look at. Um, I mean, it's it's almost like following athletes while also following the the professional teams account, right? Yeah, athletes are more than just at like they have opinions on things and they they their opinions matter and they have a lot of pull with a lot of people because they have a lot of people to follow them. It's sort of you know brewers. It's a different game because they don't have millions and millions of followers, but it's sort of the same way. Like you get, you get a different perspective um, on in a lot of cases, like the, the industry that they're in, right. They just, they have some ideas on what different takes on beer and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think you need to follow what they say and take it as gospel, but 
it's it's cool that that again that they're kind of willing to give you their thoughts and things like that. and that that's the power of social media is that you get to kind of almost get to know these people on a personal level which is cool. as well yeah, as exactly. being able to kind of approach them in person and say hey like you know i saw your tweets or something like that not that people would necessarily do it or they would probably just go up and say hey your beer is really good like you want to talk about the beer a little bit more yeah but jake jake it reminds me of a modern analogy to um say the 80s or the 90s when people would give their compliments to the chef you know like frequently <laughs> frequently you knew the cook or the chef at a restaurant but not necessarily like who the owner was and who the proprietor was of the establishment just like the the name of the chef that was hired to work there that's a pretty solid way to put that actually i i really like that analogy austin <laughs> and and there, there's like an artistry to it right yeah no, I agree. Yeah, very well said, Austin. Austin coming in with from the top row. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate, and by devil's advocate, I mean I don't. Uh, I, I'm not playing devil's advocate. Like I'm I'm just this is how I feel. Um, I honestly sometimes uh, tweets from brewery owners can come off like. Like I understand you can say anything you want on on Twitter, um, but sometimes it's like just shut your goddamn mouth. Um, <laughs> like it, everything that you like think, everything that runs through your mind is not like a great like tweet or like something that you need to be sharing with like the general public. And I feel like the at least the brew, the brewery owners around here, like the, or like the head, um, you know, brewers. So uh, I don't know. I, I I'm 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 very torn when it comes to people just saying whatever the fuck they want on social media. Like I I do not like um, whatever Andy Andy is that his name? Yes, from Hitchhiker. I, I've seen. I don't even. I do not follow him, and I, I, I just see his tweets every once in a while because I follow both Nick and the podcast account, and it just seems like a stream of consciousness that is not like necessary, um, to me. Like it, it might just, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it bodes well with owning a business. I'm, I'm like almost certain I've talked about this before, like. I, I think it's different when you have like, whatever, like you can, you can say whatever you want when you have, you know, like 40 followers, but whenever you're like owning a business, like I, I can't imagine someone like wanting to put all of their, like every single thought that they have. Like I, I don't have, like, I would say probably 75% of the thoughts that I have are garbage garbage opinions, garbage thoughts. Like I'm not going to put that shit on social media. And some people are just like more willing to put that out there than I am. And like, they can come for me by saying that, but I, I just think like, it, just, like you don't need to say everything on social media. Like you really don't. And I think it, I think it's, you're doing yourself a disservice by putting all that shit out there. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make that argument for a lot of people on social media. I don't need to know everything that you're doing at all times. And I don't need to know your thoughts on 
pretty much everything that's going on in the world. Um, I just hope that people in that type of position, like, cause they're, you look at someone like Shane, who's gotten in trouble for tweeting things and saying things and calling people out on, on social media there, you know, you have to make sure that I don't necessarily have a problem with it until it gets to a point where it's offending a lot of people, because then you have to answer to it. Right. And if, if, if you say something that's going to either get you fired or has the potential to get you fired or affect the business in a negative way, then you need to just shut your mouth. And it's like, just go on, pri- like, just and, go and, on and, private. It's like, it's not that hard. If you have like, like a hundred followers and you're like totally comfortable with everyone that follows you, like listening to every opinion that you have, like that's fine. But yeah, I mean, people, I, people I, who are in that, in that role or in that position are held to a higher standard as they kind of should be. Yes. And they should. you should just, should. you should just be wary of it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like sit here and call out anybody specific because I haven't been on social media. I don't, I, I don't know specifically what you're, you're talking about, but I, in the time that I was on, it's, I've seen it and, and people make mistakes and people tweet things that they shouldn't have or get caught up in, in some back and forth with fans and things like that. You just, you just need to be careful. And if you, if you want to make sure, I mean, the easiest way obviously to avoid any gaffes on social media is to not be on social media, but it's also a powerful tool to, to reach out to your fans and connect with them and things like that. But, so uh, but also, you just have to be like, careful it, with what you're doing, what you're saying and how you're interacting with the majority of the fans that yeah. you have. All you have to do is be smart about like, it. You, I mean, you're, you're probably tweeting some bullshit and, and stuff like, but you're private and you're smart about it. You know what I mean? Like you can say whatever you want, I guess. I'm tweeting bullshit and, all the time. And that's why I'm private. Like I, I, I don't. But you would also I, be smart about it if you had a business that could be affected by what you say on social media. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, there's like the guy from Four Points that at one point I thought he was actually attacking Nick on social media, and Nick was like, "Oh no, he was like just being funny." Like how how am I supposed to know that? Like as someone coming and looking at this shit, like being sar- like you have to if you're gonna be sarcastic, like you have to you have to like make it so overt that people understand that you're being sarcastic. Uh, that's not even that's not even true. But it's like yeah, I mean, if you're gonna I be think- a business, if you're gonna be a business owner, and you're gonna be sarcastic on online. Like you need to like make sure people know you're joking. Like. Yeah, it, and it just doesn't seem like these. It doesn't seem like these people. Not, I mean, a couple of the of the owners that I've seen on social media, like it doesn't seem like they know how to accurately get like this jokey personality across on social media. Like it, that's fine. Like it's fine if you want to make jokes and like poke fun, but if if you can't get that across, then you know you're you're only doing yourself a disservice. Hey, as like, long as they as long as they keep it under the bar of look, I think XYZ company is stock their stock is too high. As long as they keep it under that bar. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> I, Are you talking about Elon saying, Musk? I think he's yes, I yeah. think he's uh, uh, being sarcastic, is that what it's called? It's um, just, you know, you Alex can't, I'm not going to sit right. here and try to convince people to 
you know, he's going to continue to say whatever he wants. And like, if it gets him in trouble, it gets him in trouble. I, I don't get that as like a business model. It's like, you have to know that the shit that you say online, like could get you in trouble at some point. I, I, I just don't understand like someone having at least like that successful of a business being that like, like incendiary online. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. But apparently, I I don't know any fucking thing because these people are still like you know doing fine. So anyway, no, I, I, I to me it's I, I do not think you need to have your own like personality on on Twitter if you own a business. It's like just run the goddamn business, get off fucking social media. Like you already have a successful business. What are you trying to do? I I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan. Yeah, especially when they try and run it themselves instead of like hiring someone else to just run the account, even if it's just something as simple and stupid seeming as that. I think it can be done well, and I think that there are plenty of examples of people who do fine with it, where they're just posting about what's going on in the uh, in their brewery and what's going on in in uh, you know just the world of craft beer, making sure that they're maintaining. A presence, but I don't think you need to go overboard. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it's you just you again. You're held to a higher standard, and you have to be smart about it. And if you're not smart about it, there are plenty of examples of people who fucked up on social media who just get dragged through the mud. Yep. And well, and 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 there's a distinct there's a distinct difference between maintaining a presence and putting your product out there and just getting awareness out there versus taking a big swing on assuming that you understand like the current intricacies of the internet and how they're changing on a literal day-to-day basis and like just putting yourself out there rather than trying to kind of change those tides or, or, or ride them, so to speak. Agreed. Yeah, it it really is like playing with fire, right? Like there's there's no easy way to do it, but I think my my general outlook here is it's fine to have your own opinions online and if you're tying yourself so closely to a brand, then yes, you absolutely must be careful with it. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I was getting at there, but I, I think that yeah. overall, my my general outlook on it is I think that you should have a presence online, but I think it also should be taken with a grain of salt whenever you're, yeah. you're posting like your personal stuff or whatever. It, it is, needs you know? to be. It needs to be tailored. Yeah. Deciding to start a business and like keep a business going, like you have to just accept the fact that. You can't really ruffle feathers because, and like, I, I don't know, maybe that's the wrong take to have. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it would be a good topic of conversation, to be honest. Um, there's, there's so much bullshit online anyway that it, somebody posting their opinions isn't really like the end of the world. But yeah, also us talking about someone else's opinions isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna change anything. But again, you know, I didn't mean to like call risk. out. It's a big risk by you know taking your own opinions if if they can be seen as uh you know risky to post online post them especially when you have in your twitter bio that you are the head brewer of this brewery and stuff and if you start tweeting some stuff that's racist or you start tweeting some stuff that's 
homophobic or whatever it is, I mean, you can get into trouble. Not saying that he's been doing that, but I mean, if, if somebody misconstrues what you were saying online, they can really, they can really hold your fate in their hands. And again, just need to be careful. Yeah. Especially when you're that closely tied to a successful business. And this wasn't like, I didn't mean for this to turn into a bash Andy from hitchhiker session either. Like, I actually at all. I mean, no, he can I think do whatever not. the fuck he wants, and he's going right. to continue. I'm sure that he's one of the people who is like, I could do whatever I want online, and I could do this yeah. and that. I mean, right. just, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna take that stance, you, you gotta be. You have to. You have to be. To yeah. You, goes wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And right. like, you need to know what the consequences are of you saying something that someone might not agree with, and like taking criticism online. It, because uh, most people do not take criticism online well. Oh no, no. And you can't you can't sit there and say like, "Oh, I can't believe you." You know, like you have to be willing to accept that someone at some point is going to disagree with you. Playing, I guess, from the other side of things, there are plenty of people who just hide behind a screen and say whatever they want and and bullshit and. I don't know if you should necessarily just take what everybody else says at face value as well. No, no, you're right. right? And I, I mean, you shouldn't, it, it goes both ways, but again, I don't think you should let that affect you. I don't think, because there are plenty of examples of people who, who like just start roasting people on Twitter and celebrities and things like that. And they get into a lot of trouble because they're just, they're saying bullshit because they're reacting to what a lot of dumb people have to say online who don't have a picture, who you don't know who they are. They have 30 followers on whatever social media. I mean, it's, or you create a a burner account and yeah, like, right. This isn't exclusive to the, to breweries in, in Pittsburgh. I I think, I think the, the main point we're getting to here is that the internet is, um, a dumpster fire. Yes, a true, exactly. true cesspool. Um, so I wanted to move on uh, as much as I would love to continue to bash people on the internet. I think that we should go through. <laughs> we, we discussed a bit pre uh, precast. Precast. We should go through and see what the top rated beers that we have on Untapped are, and have a little discussion about that, and see if we think it's accurate. If we think so, <laughs> Nick, it, it's a great it, it's a great uh, it, it, place to start for Nick. Nick you, Nick uses it very much, very very much so. So very specifically, much. we're talking about one of the maybe one of the greatest inventions uh, in human history. Untapped. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's um, curb that discussion for another time. But yes, I get what you're saying. I think. Nick is one of the people that uses it pretty much. I mean, you've been using it consistently for years now. I think I, uh, I, I want to say I, I joined untapped in 2012. I think. Wow. So did I, you were so 19. We Austin was no, 19. I, at the time. I, I don't know, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. So my first, Five five cap check in on Untapped was July twenty eighth of twenty twelve, and I'm pretty sure it's probably the first beer that I checked in on Untapped. If I had to guess, that makes sense. But 
Yeah, so I've been using it for eight years, and I have around 2,600 check-ins, which is a lot. But that's like, that's what, like effectively a beer five out of seven days of the week. A yes. new beer. Yes. Give or take. This medium is not exactly the best gauge for whether or not it's a good beer. <laughs> Um, it's, it's more just like, I use it now to reference what I like. So if I rate something high, it's because I will drink it again. The conversation really shouldn't be, Oh, this beer is a 4.75. I have to buy it, you know, type of thing. It really should be more like, Oh, what did people think of this? Oh, does it sound like something that I would enjoy? You know, that I would rather read the comments than read the ratings. Personally, so for me, it's transitioned the untapped. I, I agree with what you're saying now much more than I did initially. When I first joined Agreed. untapped, it was just a couple of weeks after I had turned 21. And at that point, I was like, I need to get as many check ins of as many different beers as I possibly can because that'll make me look cool to like all six of my followers, right. <laughs> But also, I was just trying to get, you know, used to what kind of beers I liked and stuff. Yeah, Nowadays, it's a good exp- I am much more likely to buy things that I've had before rather than stepping out and saying, oh, I don't, you know, I'm just going to buy a 12-pack of this because it looks good. I'd rather go back to something that I've had before that looks tasty again or, or that I've rated highly in the past that I can go back to. Yeah, absolutely. And and I see that thought process through and through. But I also really enjoy clicking on a beer on a tap list that I've never seen before and reading a couple of comments of people saying, oh, this tastes like straight ginger. Okay, I know I'm not going to like that beer because I don't like ginger, right? Like that kind of thing. So using untapped when I started, I was probably pretty similar. Like, oh yeah, let's get the check-ins badges equal bitches. Let's go. You know, like that kind of thing. And it was maybe not as good of a resource for me until a couple years ago when I started using it for referencing my own drinking. So yeah, I have a lot of fives <laughs> rated on untapped. And I don't think that I would say that, I would change any of them because maybe at the time it was a five, but I do think that the rating system is not the only thing that you should go by. No, it's tough because you never know exactly what you were feeling at the time. Cause I've probably given very high ratings when I've been intoxicated and didn't realize, you know, after like a cup, like maybe two or three beers, if I'm still checking in, I'm not thinking about what the rating is going to be all week. Uh, and, and I don't, I never really go back to it necessarily. I mean, that's, that's the other thing that's kind of funny is that I I'm talking about how I would use my ratings on untapped to pick a beer, but I typically just look at a list. And if I've seen something that I liked before and rec and like, remember, I'm not going to go back and check untapped necessarily, but it's a good reference. I mean, you can definitely go on, to the app, search a beer quickly, find out if you checked in for if you liked it, if you gave it any sort of caption or rating or something like that. 
Yeah. But it's certainly not the end all be all. I mean, it's, I think it was a good idea and I think they've, they've become very successful in what they do. And I like it for just a quick little thing to, to reference sometimes or just, just something to do while I'm just drinking a beer that I've never had before and wanted to take a picture of. And I don't have the other social medias at this point. So it can be fun. I like it. I enjoy it. Right. So what's, um, what's the, what's the game you want to play here then Jake? No, I think that we should just go through a couple. I think we should give a couple of examples of what we have in the five or four, seven, five grouping and, and maybe discuss a little bit about what we think, uh, if we think something should be in there, if we've all had the beer before, stuff like that. So if anybody is ready to go, I, I have my four, seven, five was my, uh, was the, the number that I picked because I don't have any fives except for Miller Lite. Which is bullshit. Which That's bullshit. <laughs> You're a bitch. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and listen to your, you're bullshit. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that um, Miller Lite is not a five because it absolutely is. Oh God, I don't want to so hear any. I of this. think the first one that I've ever that I ever gave a four seven five was Sculpin from Ballast Point, and my God, have they have they glowed up since the time that I checked that in as a four seven five? Ballast Point is it glow? They glue up or do they, they, they've glown up? They glued up. They glowed up. I think it's glown. I, they've glown up. I think it's actually glowed the cup. So a little, a little, uh, oh, here's another really good one actually as well. So, uh, Sculpin, number one, that was November 26th, 2015. So probably right around Thanksgiving. And that was Take probably whenever, chicken. whenever they were really blowing up distribution too. Because before that, they were still kind of like set, like localized, or I don't want to say, lo- but like tri-state maybe. And so, mm-hmm. 2015 was maybe when they hit their stride as far as like massive production. So number two that I want to bring up here, I'm not going to go through all of mine, but this was uh, another one. The date is March 18th, 2016. So I'm in Libbits, Pennsylvania, at this point, working. Uh, at my internship with Austin. Shout out Austin. Still here. He's still alive. It, it looks like it. He's looks pretty tired. Looks pretty, int- maybe a little, maybe a little buzz, a little buzz going on. A little, no, a little no, tuned I'm, up. Now. I'm, I'm hanging on by the threads. He's good now. Okay. This one, this one's great. This one has 69 IBUs. Nice. <laughs> this is a beer called Grand Smash Grape from Joe Boy's Brew Pub in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Joe Boy's Probably the best uh, barbecue in the Lancaster area. What year was that? Because that might have been before I um, was drinking. That was March eighteenth, twenty sixteen. So you, yeah, you you weren't able to. Yeah, no, I don't think I never did until. (laughs) I don't think I was partaking in any of those activities for another four plus months or so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Austin didn't have a single sip of alcohol until that sounds about true. July of 2016. Yeah. Although I will Literally say the the caption just says delicious. <laughs> so although you know delicious, that I'm, I'm just putting out hits. So when we went uh, when we went to Joe Boys when we came out to visit you, they had a barrel aged stout on tap, and it was 
pretty damn good. I think I got a growler of it, actually. See, I think that you... I think that that was the time that you came. I think that that's where we were when I checked that in, or, or it must have been right around that time. Oh, like, yeah. Well, it, maybe it was in the summertime. I just, I remember it being nice. We sat outside. We went to, we went to Bull's Head, went to Joe Boy's right after across the street to get some barbecue. Just a real classic, lit it's Pennsylvania day. And a couple of 475s. No, so we, I checked it in on July 17th. Oh, that was like, yeah, that was right before I moved back. So that was in the summertime. Yeah, it makes sense, though, because I remember being outside for a bit of that. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't a, know, it was not a barrel aged stout. It was a, uh, a Russian Imperial stout, mm, which yes. I did yeah, have yeah, a I pretty solid. I, I did have a pretty solid grasp on that at the time because I do like I, I do really enjoy a risk. That does sound like an Annie Bailey's night, if you ask me. Annie Bailey's. <laughs> yeah, Annie Bailey's. Uh, that's we used to we used to turn TF up at Annie Bailey's <laughs> in downtown Lancaster. Uh, all right, so who's next? Who, what do we got going on? I Nick, mean, I got, got a bunch. I got mine up. So one of the ones that stuck out to me, just scrolling through the list real quick, is uh, Dakota Line from Dancing Gnome. One of their absolute bangers as far as double IPAs are concerned. Very much so that it is by far my favorite dancing gnome double. Anytime they do it. Wait. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's yours. And then Sarah's is uh, stained glass. Okay. Yes. Uh, I have been enjoying the shit out of beyond infinity recently, but the Dakota line was one of the first doubles from dancing gnome that still had that like hop bite. That wasn't just a juice bomb to me. And so that's why it sticks out in my mind, but I also really love like a good West coast, a good punch you in the face with hops beer. So that one for sure is worthy of the five ranking for me um other like other high tier ones that i've had that absolutely deserve the rating i'm gonna say uh very green from trillium or i'm sorry treehouse treehouse my bad i'm i'm looking at a trillium beer i said trillium it's treehouse makes very green and it's a fucking great beer honestly bob one of the easiest drinking just soft, soft and, and cloudy. And just, you're on you're, like, you're just floating when you're drinking it. Incredible. Mark my words. The next time I get my hands on a treehouse beer, I'm shotgunning it because I need it in my system as quickly as I possibly can. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to drink a treehouse beer though. Um, that's the thing. It's so they're so smooth that you could do that and not not flinch. Who's next, Alex? You got you got to have some thoughts. You got to have some. Got to have some OD, Alex. Give me something. Give me something to work with. I do. I do. Um, let me let me pull up. Um, so I found out that I only have one beer that is uh, a five, and it's not even a real beer. Uh, it's a cider. Um, but I do have um, no four point seven five beers. So that's uh, that's fun. 
Um, I was always very critical of beers on Untapped. Um, I think Nick can corroborate that. Um, I seriously like my baseline was like a three and a half. Like uh, I was very stingy with my like higher rated beers. So I will, I will tell you what I have rated a four and a half. Some of them are really fucking funny to me because it, it, uh, it, it, it tells you what I was enjoying when I first started drinking alcohol. Um, okay. So basically, uh, the, there's only six beers I have that are rated a four and a half or better. Oh, wow. Um, which is my max. So there's only one beer that was a five and that was a, uh, rhubarb cider from Arsenal, which was, so I stand by that. Um, so the next highest I have is, uh, a, uh, a 4.5. So (laughs) the first is, uh, underscore cherry lime from dancing. No, what? Um, which I loved. Okay. That was, that was one of my favorite of their, uh, underscore series, which I did. What was like the last one they did? Were they still doing it? Before all of this, like I can't even remember. Yeah, I, I like, want to say it was um, getting sours. I think it was double passion berry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so the next beer I have on my uh, my four and a half list, which is uh, the most highly rated of all of my beers, is Tepid Quilt from Dancing No, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> is um. If I remember correctly, a bop. Yeah, a wasn't banger. it wasn't it like a one-off though? It slapped. Yeah, it. Uh, they never did it again. I believe we had it when we went there for Dad's like uh, birthday brewery crawl, and everyone was buying it in our group. And I was like, "Oh, did you guys get Tepid Quilt?" And then we just like hijacked it and made it like a joke. Anyway. <laughs> I remember it being very good. I wish they would like bring shit back. I wish they would bring um, Ghost City back because that was, um, if, if I do say so myself, um, one of the best beers they've ever done. Yeah, that uh, one so was. Anyway. That one just celebrated like one year recently because yeah, it came how... up. It came up on the the podcast Instagram like memories thing. And it was a year ago on like May second, so it must have been yesterday. I don't know how I don't know how they can like put out absolute fire and then just like never think of it again. Um, I I I'm calling out dancing gnome by name. <laughs> uh, so the the next couple are just absurd, just fully ridiculous. Um, these were like a, a long long time ago. So I, I, I blame my old self. The first is the briny melon ghost from Anderson Valley, which is good. It's not bad. I don't know if Anderson Valley is like even craft. They are. Uh, they seem like one of those like, okay, all right, well, they're like one of those bigger players that like everyone fucking knows. And they're in, like all of the beer distributors. Um, they're, they're fine. Um, 
But I gave it a four and a half because I was like really into ghosts for a while. So then the next one, which I, I fully stand by this because this is one of my like all time favorite Pittsburgh beers, one hundred percent, is Halakahiki from Rivertown. Ew. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Nick, just because you don't like pineapple, like you have no you have no say in this right now. Jake, what do you think of this beer? I honestly don't know if I've ever had it. Okay, that is tragic, first <laughs> off. Um, we will have to change that next time you can travel. Uh, next time any of us can travel. <laughs> um, R.I.P. R.I.P. to our ability to leave uh, our immediate area. Anyway, um, Halakihiki is um, a big-ass vibe and a big-ass mood. Um, so <laughs> the next one is, um, a beer that I would go back in untapped and change my, uh, rating of, because I have had it since I rated it this and I do not feel the same way. It you is, can rate it again. That's an option. Yeah, no, I will change it at some point. Uh, it is the Bumbleberry uh, from Fatheads, oh, Jesus. which is actual yeah. trash, like actual <laughs> garbage. I have it as a four and a half, and I, I think I'd give it like a two. I'm not joking. Like I would dock it several points. Just hit that edit it button is, right now. <laughs> it is not good. It is like what, like, it's what everyone drinks when they don't drink beer. <laughs> and that is like the worst type of beer to me. It's like, just like grow up, like, like be an adult. Like you are a child. It's like a standard. I'm going to get drunk beer for non beer people. It's just, there's so many people I know that are like super fucking basic that are like, I love Bumbleberry. It's like so good. I'm like, I hate you. So yeah, we suck. <laughs> Like, you suck. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so, anyway, last one. Last one. Let me wrap this up. Um, and I knew I knew this was going to come up at some point. It is uh, Red's Apple Ale uh, Wicked Mango. Oh, that no. shit is 8%. That shit is 8%. <laughs> that shit is 8%. That is all I need to say. It, it sounds like a train wreck. Cans. We got lit the fuck up on those in college <laughs> and I stand by a four and a half percent or a four and a half out of five rating. I, I, I stand by it to this day. That sounds horrible. Um, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's not great, but like when you're trying to get fucked up when you're like 19, <laughs> what else do you fucking go for? Like, Hey, come on. Hey, you're not going to go for like 21. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you, mean, sorry, you mean sorry, you mean when you were sorry, allowed to use we, the application, correct? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. We do not condone underage drinking. Anyway, that's um that's about it. Um, I only had uh one reasonable entry in my four and a half plus rating. Um, I I just I never used Untapped the way I should have, and I do regret it in some aspects, but also. You know, I, also let me let me. Okay, no, I'm 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 going. I'm going. You guys got me off. 
no, I think I, th- I think n- no. You made a lot of good points, and I think ultimately that leaves us with my uh, how how shall we say this untapped relations? Yes, to date. Yes, let's do so, it. I'm so, ready. Uh, a- actually, uh, oddly enough, my first. So uh, similarly to Alex, I four point five is the max rating I've ever given a beer on the staff. I've got a. I've got a tough grading curve. Big fucking vibes. Big yeah. Big mood. Big vibes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> so the first beer, <laughs> and the first beer that I've given my max rating, a traditional Yingling Lager. I would I would give it like I, I would say for me it's like a four. Um, I I it it it, it it's a classic. But you know, it, it's not like if we're adding points for nostalgia, it's a five and a half out of five. Yes, nostalgia, and yeah, just no, the, fact that, that. the fact that I can't have it anymore, and I haven't had it in probably over a year now, if not longer, uh, makes me miss it. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people, um, honestly, uh, kind of at least halfway across the country say they they miss Yingling because. It, it, it's it's not a beer you're necessarily going to write home about, but damn, when people have it, they they wish they can get it where they are. They miss it. It's what, really just know. a good beer. You don't know. I'm what, not going to sit here. You and don't know what like you got until it's gone. Until it's gone. That's right, Alex. You know, Johnny Mitchell. Hundred percent. I agree. So I mean, is it overrated at four and a half? Where four and a half is essentially the top of my scale? Yeah, probably. But you can yes, go. Yes, it is. It is. No, but it, no, it's it, not. Nick, fuck off. <laughs> who, who, who do you think you are? I am. I am. <laughs> Austin, continue. Yes. Please. All right. So then, so the next beer that I have uh, rated at a four point five, which again is my max, just like Alex, was the Make America Dank Again IPA from Grist House. Oh, that was a great beer, though. I don't. Nick Nick would remember this shit. I have no I'm, idea what the fuck you're talking about. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember, but <laughs> I'm glad you do. No, that Go was off, that sis. was a really good one. I actually got. I think I got a full sleeve of that one, like three, four packs, and it just it was a that was a double IPA, right? Uh, yes. And I think that it was one of their first like good doubles. It was the winter of 2016 into 17. Yeah, so that one has... Uh, so I also rated it a four and a half. That one, overall on Untapped, is a 4.01, which is super high for, for a double IPA, but mm-hmm. also for a grist house beer. That's still very high. Yeah. So oh, it, was, it was great for them. Yeah, so that, that, that one definitely deserves a four and a half. Yeah, so that was January of 2017 for me. And then uh, about two years later, December of 2018, uh, Mad Max Playdiversary. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, a Playdiversary. Yeah. That was a, that's a Fatheads collab. Yeah, I, I either really liked that beer or I really liked The Waitress. I, I don't remember which. <laughs> uh, gross, first off. Um <laughs> Sorry, but, or waiter. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. No, it, you're a straight man, so it, it's good. It would have been a waitress. So 
All right, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, we we've had a lot of fun tonight. This one is going to go down as one of the <laughs> craziest. <laughs> it's going to take me four and a half hours to edit this. Um, so the, the most work for the least popular episode, right? <laughs> one hundred and two Dalmatians. The episode number is one hundred and two. It's kind of fitting, actually, if you think about it. Bang, bang, headbang, gang. Bang, bang, headbang, gang. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for doing this with me for a full two years plus. And Welcome back, Austin. We want to welcome you back into our little uh, corner of the internet. Um, we're happy to have you. Yeah. We are. Hey. Hey, congrats to you guys, and I hope to be back a lot sooner than it's been. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back here uh, as often as humanly possible. So let's uh, let's raise a glass and uh, cheers to all you guys listening. Cheers to everybody on the internet that we bashed today, and cheers to many more five-star untapped reviews. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to the end of the podcast. You made it this far, so why not go and follow us on social media? At The Weekly Recap on Instagram. At The Weekly Recap 1 on Twitter. Or email us at theweeklyrecap1 at gmail.com. Gmail.com.